Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. I'm Dwight Falk. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. All of our podcasts are available there as well for this program and all of the programming on Trumpet Radio. Well, you probably remember one of the most famous passages in the Bible, uh, John 3.16. I was telling my kids about that recently, how that at sports contests over the years, a lot of times they'd show a shot of the audience, and somebody would hold up a sign, and it would say John 3.16 on it. That was very common, and and I don't think they do that as much anymore as they used to, or they don't show it. But it, it came to mind the other day because uh, I saw it again. My my son actually was watching a, a a college basketball game on TV, and he said, "Hey, Dad, somebody had a John 3:16 sign up there." John 3:16 is such a powerful scripture. Uh, it's been used in a lot of ways to where I think maybe the impact of it's you know sort of maybe been diminished because of overuse and misuse, but it is really worth considering what it says and then digging a little bit more deeply into that passage. So let's look at that passage to start with today. We have a few scriptures, so if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out. We could look at these together. Notice what John 3.16 says. You probably have it memorized. But it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And there's a, a depth to God's love, which is so deep that he would give his son, his only begotten son at that time. Of course, God's expanding his family. But his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, he came to this earth. He was the word, the God of the Old Testament. He came to this earth as a human being, divested himself of all that glory and that power that he had and and was a human and then was sacrificed. He was killed to pay the penalty for the sins of mankind. That includes me. That includes you. That's everybody. There was that depth of love that God had, and that allowed him to do that, to sacrifice his son and Christ had that love, and and he willingly followed his Father and willingly sacrificed himself. Christ, when he was on this earth, he taught about love, and he didn't just talk the talk, as they say. He he did it. He walked that way. And he gives us uh, a lot of instruction about how we're to live as well. And considering Christ's example and considering the way that he loved and the way the Father loves, it shows us how we need to be as Christians. Notice this passage here. This is Matthew 25. We'll look at Matthew 25 uh, for a little bit. And so if you'd like to flip over there and take a look at this with me, Matthew 25 and verse 31, here Christ is getting close to being taken and falsely accused and eventually beaten and then crucified. He's giving some final instruction here. Matthew 25 and verse 31 He says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, so this is talking about his second coming, which isn't too far ahead of us, he says, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. 
He's going to rule from his throne, the throne of David. And this, the, the time frame of this parable is, is after his return in that uh, world tomorrow time period and then on into the last great day as well. And that's shown and depicted in God's Holy Day plan. And we have information about that at the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence course. Um, you can log in to that uh, and at thetrumpet.com, sign up for it, and learn more about God's Holy Days. And we have other material on that as well to give you the full picture there. We're just hitting the highlights today. But he's giving this parable, and he's talking about this time frame after his second coming. It says, And before him, verse 32, shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. So there's going to be a, a separation, a division. This is known as the parable of the sheep and the goats. And it talks about what will happen when mankind is called when everyone has an opportunity, everyone will have a chance and an opportunity, and then they're going to be judged according to what they do with it. After they know God's truth and their minds are opened, what are they going to do with it? Verse 33, it says, And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. So there's a division here between people. Some are going to be on the right hand, some on the left hand. And he's going to make some judgments. Verse 34, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is great news. These people are qualified to be born into the family of God, to be part of that kingdom, and they, they have eternal life in the God family. I mean, this is, a, this is a, an awesome and thrilling and an exciting picture. But verse 35 gives us some insight into why these people are in this position. What did they do? Verse 35, for I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. And so Christ shows some of the things that are required of those that are going to be the sheep, those that that do qualify to be in the kingdom and family of God and that do grow and develop, they, they're displaying fruits of God's love. You know, John 3.16, that type of love. Here these people at this time have God's spirit empowering them, and they, they do these deeds. God's love flows through them, and they're doing these godly deeds. Verse 36, he continues and says, I was naked or scantily clothed, didn't have enough. And you clothed me, and I was sick, and you visited me. And I was in prison, and you came on to me. And so this, what, what Christ is describing here is the epitome of the typical Christian life, serving others, really serving others and, and doing it with the love of God. That's God's love in action. It's not just talking about love, it's producing fruits that come from God's love. Christian love revolves around helping and serving. That's what Christ did when he was on this earth. He always did the will of his Father. I mean, his Father had a specific work for him, 
And so sometimes people can say, well, you know, I think this is a good work or that's a good work and I should do this or I should do that. But we have to remember, too, Christ always did the will of his Father. There was a specific work for him to do. God does have a specific work for his people. It's not up to us to decide what we think is a good thing to do or not a good thing. We have to look at God's word and let that direct us and what we do and where we put our efforts. But it's all coming from this foundation of God's love, from God's Holy Spirit. The people that are growing and qualifying and preparing to rule with Christ, they're producing these fruits. They're producing these fruits and helping. And it's, it's tangible. They're doing something. God's Spirit is motivating them in their actions. And you can read through verses 37 through 39, these people that are being commended. You know, they say, well, but when did we do this? We, didn't, we never saw you in this condition. You know, you're, you're saying that we, we fed you and we visited you, and, uh, but we don't remember doing that. And here's the answer in Matthew 25 and verse 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily or truly I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. And so when we serve others that are in need, and we, we help and we uh, do God's work. And again, God has to determine what that is. And, you know, there's a lot of problems on this earth. People could kind of run around doing a lot of things, and they do. But God has to direct it. And when we follow that direction and we let God's Spirit motivate us to do works and do God's work, and he's saying, look, you're, you're, you're doing it unto me. You're helping me. You're serving me. And that's the reason that these people will be in the kingdom of God. They've, they live a life where God's spirit, God's love is motivating them. And it comes out in their actions. That's the way they're living. But then verse 41 gives the other side of the picture here. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me. Depart from me. You cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So these are the people that are incorrigible. They're unrepentant. They're carnal-minded. They're not, they're not going to listen. And ultimately, there's a real selfishness, as we'll see. Now, we don't want to be confused on this point here. This isn't a hellfire as some people would view it where you know people just burn in it and they always have this torture and so forth. That's not the case, it's, but it's going to burn them up. I mean, we, we know that if we look at, if you throw something physical into a fire, you know, a piece of wood, well, it burns up and then it's gone. It's just ashes, right? Well, it's the same thing here. These people are just going to be ashes. Not because God's cruel, but because they, they refuse to love others. They refuse to help. They refuse to do God's work. Instead, they have their own agendas, their own way of thinking, and it's counterproductive and actually hurts other people. And so they've had every chance, but they, they, they won't listen. And so there's nothing left to do other than to uh, put them out of their misery. And, and again, so in this parable here, the king is, is saying, look, in verse 42, same, same thing that he said to the sheep, except now it's on the, the negative side of it. He says, for I was in hunger, and you gave me no meat. You didn't, you didn't help me out at all. I was thirsty. You gave me no drink. And so 
of course, there's, there's physical types of this. There's spiritual types of getting God's message out. <laughs> That's the ultimate uh, loving act is to give God's word, living by every word of God. Of course, it's spiritual as well as physically helping where we can. Verse 43, I was a stranger and you took me not in. I was naked and you clothed me not. I was sick and in prison and you visited me not. Verse 44, then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we you hunger or thirsty and so forth? And they, they go through the same list and they say the same thing. Like, well, but we never saw you in that condition. I mean, you know, you're saying we never did these things to you and I never even saw you. I didn't, I didn't have an opportunity to do that. They'll probably say, and in their minds, and maybe even verbally, they'd say, well, but, you know, if, if I had, I, w- I would have. You know, if I had known you needed, I would have done something. And he gives them the answer. And he says, but then shall he answer them, saying, verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. So again, Christ explains why the, the goats, as as they're called here, can't continue on. They can't live. They can't be in the kingdom of God. They don't have godly love. They don't have God's love. You know, John three sixteen that that scripture that is so often mentioned or thought about in some way. The depth of love. See, the Father and Jesus Christ. They didn't just talk about love. They did it. They did it. And again, Christ followed his father perfectly. He did his will. You know, I mean, a, a person could say, well, wouldn't it have been better for Christ to keep living? But he he didn't uh, keep living. He was sacrificed. And then, of course, was resurrected and now directing his work through the power of God's spirit. He had to die to pay the penalty for man's sins, the sins that mankind repents of. They can be forgiven then. And so that was the far greater sacrifice, obviously the far greater act of love. And so we do have to make sure that we're not trying to determine for ourselves what's a good deed and what isn't. A lot of people do deeds that are, there's some good to it, but it's not really helping. It's not really solving anything. It's not doing God's work. So again, as we look at this, we want to make sure we keep the whole picture in mind that Christ was always doing God's work. He had to do the work of God, and he did. He was the perfect example of living according to God's love. He was always doing his Father's will and producing fruits of love. Those are the type of people that God can have in his kingdom, those who use God's Spirit, let God's Spirit direct them, and produce fruits that are love-filled fruits according to God's will and his work and what he has for people to do. The Christ points out here in verse 45 that these goats, those that will not be in the kingdom of God, were very self-centered and selfish. And they probably did some things where they thought they were doing good, but they were doing their own thing. It was their own idea. It wasn't according to God's will. They talked maybe about love, but they didn't do it. Ultimately, they were selfish, and they were deciding for themselves what was right, what was wrong, probably deciding for themselves what constituted love and what didn't. But Christ Christ died, of course, for every person who's ever lived. And we think about that especially as we come into the Passover time of the year. 
And we're not talking about a human love here. We're talking about God's love. This is an unselfish, outflowing concern for all of mankind. And, and that's what the Father showed. That's what Christ showed and didn't just talk about it, but certainly showed it through their fruits and through their actions. And then he shows us, he teaches us here through these parables. Okay, now you've got to follow that same example. You've got to follow my example, Christ is saying. You know, have fruits in your life that are based upon God's law of love. They flow out from that. Christ set the perfect example, and then he said, okay, now you go forward and do these. And he lays them out here for us, some of the things that we should be doing. And again, it has to be all according to God's will and where we have that opportunity to help. But again, these goats, they were very selfish, very self-centered and selfish, mainly concerned with themselves. And they couldn't be part of the family of God and won't be. They were neglecting to do God's work. And as they neglected God's work, they were neglecting God himself. They were neglecting Christ. They were neglecting the father, the head of the family. They were neglecting Christ as the the head of the church. And so we have to make sure that we are doing God's work, and that's motivated by the love of God. Verse 46, he says, And these, these goats that were selfish, didn't do God's work, they shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. See, that's what it means there in John 3.16, where if we believe Christ, we're going to do what he did. We're going to follow the Father as he did. And then there will be eternal life. won't live forever physically, of course, but eternal life in the kingdom of God. There's so much depth when we understand the whole picture. There's so much depth to a passage like John 3.16. The love the Father had for the world, the love that Christ had, the way that Christ always submitted to his Father, always did his work, always did his will. It was always from love. That's what motivated it all. And then he tells us, okay, now you do that same thing. And many will. Many will. There will sadly be some that won't, according to what Christ says here. But most will. And certainly we should, we should be uh, growing and developing more of those fruits. And it takes God's Spirit to do that. Now, of course, we have to understand God is not harsh. This isn't a harsh judgment on those that refuse to obey. They just are hostile to God. They learned. They knew the truth. They had every opportunity. But then they just refused to really obey God. They refused to repent. And so they, they leave God with no choice. He can't have another Satan, the devil, who, who you know has life and lives, but yet lives in rebellion and is selfish and is self-centered. And so what an amazing, what an amazing parable that Christ taught there, taught us about loving like he loves, living that way, not, not just talking about it or having some, some thought about it, but really, really knowing how to obey God, to live according to his law, to do his work, to be motivated by the love of God. And when we do God's work and we strive to do everything we can to follow his, his uh, will, then we're, we're doing it unto Christ. And, and there's a great reward in that. So it's very encouraging, and there's so much depth in that love of God. 
in the sacrifice that he and his father made. And we are to follow in his footsteps, in Christ's footsteps. If you'd like to learn more about that and God's holy day plan and how it pictures God's plan for mankind, his plan of salvation, it's so encouraging, it's so hopeful, hope-filled, and it gives us just uh, such a great uh, hope, even in the midst of trial and test. There's great hope in that. You can learn more about that by enrolling in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. We have lessons specifically on the Holy Days, as well as our free book at thetrumpet.com, Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days, which and, uh, gets into, again, God's Holy Day plan and really focuses there on that love that God the Father and Jesus Christ have and demonstrated to all of mankind. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.